everyone and hello Sarah welcome back to PsyCup how are you going thank you for having me I am really well feeling rested after a good break how about yourself yeah I'm good um it's been a great break um but just for everyone listening could you tell us a bit about yourself and your background Sarah yes of course so I am a provisional psychologist I'm currently working towards my full registration as a general psychologist uh, I it's always funny talking about yourself isn't it <laughs> I guess a little bit about me is I started off um, studying languages mm-hmm. to begin with did some French and Spanish uh, and then I moved into the field of psychology where mm-hmm. I completed my uh, degrees and I'm now very happily practicing as a provisional psychologist at Veritas that's great Um, So I thought that since we're heading back into the new year, let's chat a little bit about habits and more specifically the psychology behind rewiring our habits. But first, Sarah, um, how would you define a habit? Because when I think of a habit, I think of all the negative things like procrastination and smoking and biting your nails. But how would you define a habit? I mean, I think all the things that you've mentioned there are absolutely habits. As you've as mm. you've also noted, it's more leaning towards the negative side mm. of habits. Habits what that people might deem to be a little bit more unhealthy. Also, remembering that not everyone would deem all of those habits unhealthy, so yeah. it can be a personal thing as well. Uh, essentially, from a psychological perspective, habits are simply a behaviour that we perform on a regular basis, something that we do consistently. So it could be. For example, I would hope that most people would have the habit of brushing their teeth in the morning and the evening. It's just something that, you know, we all do um, and um, we do it morning and night and we don't have a lot of, there's no thought involved really in the sense it's just kind of an autopilot behavior. Mm. So a little bit different from a routine. Routines are comprised of habits, but habits are really those autopilot automatic behaviors that we perform on a regular basis. They're really driven by reward seeking mechanisms uh, in our brains. So we will get some kind of reward from it. So, for example, social social acceptance from brushing your teeth, <laughs> having the delight of a clean mouth, that minty fresh feeling. They're all kind of rewards that our brain associates with that habit. Um, and I find this an interesting fact as well, that forming habits is a way for our brain to be more efficient. Yeah. Because if we don't have to really think about the behavior that we're performing, we have more time and energy mm. to uh, allocate to other things that might be maybe learning behaviors or something like that. So... Yeah, but really something you just perform on a regular basis. Well, as a provisional psychologist, uh, what are some habits that you see most often or are you aware of any habits that you have? I'm certainly aware of habits that I have, (laughs) good and bad. (laughs) Uh, I would say in my practice, a lot of what I see is um, phone habits, Mm. a lot of them gearing more towards what my clients would identify as unhealthy phone habits. So people noticing that, you know, they're feeling a little bit trapped by their engagement with their phone. They might be doing what we all know as that kind of mindless scrolling each day Mm. and feeling quite out of control and down on themselves about how easy it is to fall into that, Mm. that trap whilst forgetting i think a lot of the time that these these apps are designed to uh, to steal our attention yeah. right so a lot of the times we feel like we lack the self discipline and i think it's worth remembering that we're you know we're working against a machine in that way yeah, and these, with these notifications and everything exactly mm. and it's not just us as humans you know lacking the self discipline mm. a lot of the time it's having that contextual understanding of wait a minute this is more than just me mm. um 
and they're designed to yeah to steal my attention and and to take my time but of course we want to be able to gain control where we can as individuals so a lot of my clients I, I tend to find them wanting to change their relationship that they have with their phone and the habits that they have around engaging with their phone I certainly have that with myself as well and I've gone through times where I've put you know limits on certain apps um, so uh, social media apps like yeah. Instagram maybe 30 minutes a day things like that and definitely habits for me would be around coffee I simply giggle because it's yeah there's jokes in my family (laughs) about my addiction to coffee um and it's certainly increased towards the end of last year but one that I'm tackling myself at the moment so yeah I would say they're kind of my my personal ones and the ones I see most in practice um so we have a blog coming out next week all about using habits and resetting uh for the new year Mm -hmm. and we chat about the 66 day reset in this uh new blog so we go into this in the new blog, but what is the 66-day reset? Mm. It's uh, It was a study done, based on a study done in 2009 by University College London, and I guess it uh, advanced our understanding of how long it takes to form a habit. There's always been this kind of understanding of 21 days, mm. three weeks to form a habit yeah. or to break a habit. I don't know. If, have you heard of that? Yeah. Right. So it kind of, I guess, replaced that understanding and... Like anything in science, we don't ever prove anything or, you know, nothing's exact Mm. necessarily, uh, especially to do with psychology. Um, (laughs) But it simply enhanced our understanding or broadened our understanding. um, And and what we what we know now is that it roughly on average takes about 66 days. Mm. So that is going to look different for everyone, though. Right. And it's going to look different according to things like personality, motivation or circumstances. So it's not a hard and fast rule. Mm. So I, the, my, my motivation for saying that is if you don't feel like you have a habit set in place by 66 days, it doesn't mean that you failed or that it's not working. Yeah. It simply means that, you know, you're not on that bang on 66 day rule. Mm. What they actually found, I think there were roughly 96 participants in that study, and they found that the time varied from 18 days to 254 oh no way so there's a massive range there oh, to play huge. with yeah it's huge which i don't know might be a little bit How disconcerting for people um but they kind of you know did a little, few more um, um statistical analyses and worked out that 66 was was the rough average yeah, so it's okay. i guess realizing there once again the variability in human behavior mm. as well as as i mentioned some of those things like um you know circumstances and and, and, and environment um, but having that rough understanding, okay, it's not 21 days, so I don't want to give up after 21 days. It might be more like a two-month mm. period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, in a um, recent Washington Post article by Sam Jones, uh, which I'll have linked in our description, mm-hmm. um, Sam chats with a professor of neuroscience and rehabilitation all about breaking bad habits and how continuously practicing these processes over and over again essentially propels the behavior forward so that it becomes instinct to perform the yeah. habit. How do we set good habits to surpass that 66-day threshold or um, be, like make it more of an instinct for us? No, absolutely. And I think it's something, if we can get really clear on how we do these kinds of things, it's yeah. super helpful. So there are absolutely a few ways that we can um, set ourselves up for good habits. Mm. Um the place I would start would be to do with your why. So before we talk about some of the mechanics behind how to set up a good habit mm. uh, or a habit loop for yourself, 
it's really getting to the getting to the you know to get to grips with yourself around why you actually want to start this habit because when times get hard when you need to call on your resilience if you don't if you're not anchored to a really strong motivation or a really strong why naturally as a human being you're gonna you're gonna give up and that's not a negative reflection on you that's simply from my perspective it's simply noticing oh i didn't i didn't anchor myself into something meaningful enough for me i didn't realize exactly why i was doing that my psychology degrees would be an example of that for me Mm. it was a tremendous amount of work and there were many many times that i did not feel like studying or i was incredibly stressed or Mm. i wondered whether i would reach the end but it was only because of my you know i would say very strong passion for the field and Mm. for what i wanted to contribute and what i wanted to learn that I persevered and the habits that I had in place to do that, like consistently studying or getting enough sleep or, Mm. you know, whatever it was, were the things that helped me do that. But if I didn't have that why, there would have been so many times that I would have have given up. Or think about professional athletes. Maybe they get up at 4 a.m. every single day, you know, and and the food that they have to eat, which in my opinion doesn't sound particularly appetizing (laughs) or indulging, right? But they are so anchored into why they want to do that. Yeah. So you can really ask yourself the question of why am I doing this? You can do a bit of a laddering technique. So, you know, I want to start eating healthier. Well, why do I want to start eating healthier? Mm. You know, then maybe you answer because I want to feel good in my body. Why do I want to feel good Mm. in my body? Because I find that I can engage with my life in a more, um, you know, meaningful way if I feel good in my body. And then why do you think you can engage with your life in a more meaningful Mm. way? And you kind of just follow yourself down that rabbit hole of the why to get to a really um, core value of what's motivating that behavior. And sometimes you might say, you know what? I don't actually want this enough. So trying to pursue this habit might not be worth my time and maybe there's going to be another time in life that I want to do it and there's another habit that I want to form that's more meaningful Mm. to me now so that's the first thing getting really really clear on your why I would also say start really small and then build momentum off that so don't try and change you know if you want to change habits or start new ones don't do you know six at a time yeah maybe try one or if there are two that are complementary and they're going to help each other you can try two at the same time Mm. or but start small start seeing your wins feeling good about yourself feeling capable feeling in control and then you can start to kind of you know like um i guess build on that Mm. yeah uh and then a few when i mentioned before the mechanics a few little tips would be things like piggybacking so you can Say if someone wanted to create the habit from what they deem to be a healthy habit of 10 minutes of meditation each day Mm. or 10 minutes of mindfulness. They might piggyback that new habit on the back of something like brushing their teeth. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's an existing habit. Yeah. And then you piggyback the new one onto it. So you go, okay, I already brush my teeth every night before bed. Mm. And then straight after I brush my teeth, I'm going to start this 10-minute mindfulness yeah. thing, right? And so then it becomes something that is it, – it helps with that automat- automaticity. Always a challenging word to say. It helps with that kind of automatic behavior. Yeah. Um, another thing is making sure that the reward is worth it. Mm. A little bit like the why, but making sure in those day-to-day – habits that the, the reward is worth it and it's um it's big enough for you to want to do the challenging behavior mm. my example for that would be something like looking for houses or resumes which might not be a long-term hopefully it's not a long-term habit but yeah. something maybe you want to you know you're looking for a new job and you want to apply for a job every day mm. you want to get into a habit of doing that until you find something that you like 
your brain is going to identify actually applying for the job as a really adverse event. Yeah. No one enjoys doing it. No. It's really arduous and it's not fun. Mm. It's very tedious. Um, <laughs> but the reward for doing it, which is I'm not happy in my current circumstances mm. and so I want to move myself to some, you know, somewhere else, that is going to be enough for the brain to engage yeah. in that adverse behavior. Yeah, so make sure ways it. Exactly, perfect word. So yeah. make sure that it, um, you know, the reward is big enough. Mm. And the other one I'll mention is making sure that it's easy enough to perform the habit. So if the gym, for example, going to the gym is something that you want to do, help yourself out by making sure that you have, you know, your sports shoes and all your clothes ready to go, you know, in your car or um, maybe you don't go home before you go to the gym. So you have all your stuff with you so you can go straight to the gym and just, you don't even think about it, Mm -hmm. right? That habit, you don't even think about it. You just get to the gym and then by the time you're there and maybe you've thought about the fact you're about to, you know, sweat arduously for 45 (laughs) minutes, you're just in the class and you have to do it. So just make it really easy to engage with the habit. That's something that can be, that can be really helpful as well. So yeah, there will, they would probably be some of the main tips that I see out there. Yeah, those are great. Um, so I'm a chronic nail biter. And I've been able to break the habit a couple of times here and there over the years. And I've even been able to completely like stop buying my nails for years at a time. And then I'll end up falling back into it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is like a, a pretty common thing for people to like break a habit, then fall back into it. And it, you know, it's, you hear the phrase, like it's easier to quit every single time. And, and like those sorts of things Mm -hmm. where you kind of like fall back into those habits and try to get back on top of it. Is there any reason like why we fall back into habits or like how does this happen if you think say passing even that 200 day period that Mm -hmm. we were talking about that 66 day threshold the 200 day period like even passing that is there a reason why we fall back into those habits? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing about your habit there as well. Yeah, I think no one worries. that many, many people can relate to. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I mean, I think really it's the understanding that nothing in life is permanent. Yeah. Right? Except for change mm-hmm. <laughs> and taxes. Um, <laughs> but nothing, nothing is forever. And so a lot of the time with habits, it is triggers mm. that... Uh, encourage or discourage them so maybe you know and I it would be interesting if you were to reflect on kind of those times that you did fall back into that nail-biting habit what was happening for you at the time Mm. you know and and what was happening in your environment Mm. were you rested enough what stresses were in your life what people were around you Mm. because interestingly as well uh, our brain makes these connections with, you know, oh, th- with this friend, I did this thing. Yeah. I had this habit, yeah. you know, or maybe in this family context, I did this thing, mm. right? And so your brain goes, excellent, that person, this behavior, mm. as opposed to even if you've changed that behavior since you've seen that person. Yeah, linking it, yeah. Exactly. It just links it It links it back to it. You know, mm. our brain is a set of pathways, really, and connections, mm. Um it's much more than that, obviously. That was a very simplistic <laughs> view of the brain. Uh, however, that, you know, it is a lot of it. And so um, really triggered by those different kinds of things, environment, stresses, you know, how well-rested you are. And it can also be a sense of comfort as well. You know, you associate it with, like I said, a certain person, a certain place, a certain reward. Mm. And it's that kind of sense of comfort. And so if you if you're, some of your resources are a little bit depleted, you might naturally kind of fall back into that. I mean, I I suppose ex-partners are a really, really good example Mm. of that as well, right? A lot of people will fall back into the comfort of 
texting an ex mm. or something like that because it feels familiar and, or it feels good in some way. It feels mm. instinctual, feels habitual, you know, even if they know that it's maybe not the best thing for them, but it might be something going on for them, mm. um, which contributes to that behavior. I also think it's worth remembering that, you know, just because you have maybe replaced a habit or you have, you know, broken a habit uh, and, and you're not doing it anymore, it doesn't mean that those neural pathways don't I mean, at a certain time, they may not exist anymore, but you formed a really strong superhighway in your brain, biting your nails for a long time. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe you found a bit of an alternate route. Mm. Yeah. You're going a different direction and that's fantastic. But it doesn't mean that there won't be, as we mentioned, certain triggers around. Yeah. And it's really, really easy to go back to that superhighway mm. and just to do that familiar route that you know. Yeah. So I think it's not getting down on yourself about it. And saying, oh, you know, what's, what's wrong with me that I'm going back to this habit? It is a completely natural human behavior to do it. Mm. And it's more that curiosity and awareness around, well, what's happening for me at the moment that's contributing to me returning to that habit yeah. and looking at that. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom for anyone wanting to create or break a bad habit? Yeah, it's been a total pleasure. I hope I've added some value. Uh, and, you know, my final thing would simply be to be compassionate towards yourself. Yeah. You know, be kind, be patient. Remember that we're human. If this was easy, we wouldn't be talking about it. And mm. there is no person that has a perfect set of habits, you know, and never falters and and never finds themselves feeling like they want to, you know, add a habit or break, break one. Mm. And it's simply starting small, going slow. And yeah, being remembering that you're human and being mm. kind to yourself and compassionate along the journey. Great. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And remember to stay tuned for our upcoming blog that comes out next week. And we dive deeper into the 66 day reset and share some tips on how you can set up your own habit tracker. Thank you. And I'll see you next time.